welcome to another inspirational teaching from the Gate Church. It's great to see you all here this morning. I know that you're uh, loving life and uh, loving the summer in Costa del Dundee or Costa del uh, Scotland. Um, it's interesting because when you watch, I'm not going to talk about the weather anymore, but when you look at the news just now, it's interesting that, you know, people talk about presidents and prime ministers and, and issues and all these things that are happening. But the, the, the amazing thing that, that we recognize with the power of God's Word is that presidents come and presidents go. Prime ministers come and prime ministers go. Even political parties come and they go over the decades, the years, the decades, the centuries, the millennia. But what happens is the Word of God stands forever. And here's the thing is that not many people were quoting a prime minister from 1743. Some of you wait to Google it. Please don't Google it. Stay focused. So some of you, you, you don't quote a prime minister from, from these years. You might, you might quote Winston Churchill. You might quote some famous people. But the most famous quotations on planet earth are from the Word of God. The most famous quotations are actually from the book of Proverbs. The most quoted person on planet earth is Jesus. Next to him is the Apostle Paul. The, the quotation about the Word of God is incredible. So when we talk about the Word of God, we're talking about something that's long-standing, that's got longevity. What, what I'm preaching this morning is not an introduction to a new thought or a new way or a new thing. I'm, I'm preaching ancient, okay? So when I'm preaching this morning, I'm pre preaching from ancient text things that are a couple of thousand years ago, from a couple of thousand years ago or older. So the text is ancient, but it's still relevant today, and it's changing people's lives today. The Bible says of itself, it says the Word of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So the Word has power. So let's recognize the power of God's Word to influence people today, tomorrow, and forever. It's influenced people down through the centuries. Many people have been impacted by hearing about Jesus Christ. And the Word still has power today. Now, when I'm saying that the Word has power, if you're not a Christian here today, the Word has power. If you're a Christian here today, if you know Jesus here today, the Word has power. Because the sword of the Lord has incredible power. And the sword of the Lord has power but I've got some bad news for you here today. Your sword has very little power. God's sword has more power. By the end of my sermon today, I believe in that the Christians will pick up the sword and will lay down their sword. There's something about laying down our sword and picking up His sword. It has more power and it has more influence. I want to preach to you this morning on the power of the Word of God or being sharp in the Word of God. The first slide will come up in a wee second. And sharper than a sword. Now, there's certain swords that are very sharp, for example, like a samurai sword. Uh, I, I'm not a swordologist, so I'm not a sword specialist, but there are sharp swords. And uh, there are some, uh, you know, I know about kitchen knives, okay? Because you ever gone in the kitchen drawer and you bring out the kitchen knife, or you might have one of these stands where you've got six knives and you go, and you pluck the knife out, and you get that piece of chicken or the piece of uh, cauliflower if you're a vegan, and you slice, you slice that thing, or you, or you get an onion and, and, and you slice into it, 
but, 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 but the knife hits off the top, and it can't quite cut into it. Then, and there's something wrong with the knife. It's because the knife is blunt. And it's important, it's important that when you're in a kitchen, the knife is sharp. And it's important that as Christians that we are sharp as the Word of God. And we're only as sharp as the Word that's going into us. There's four things I want to share this morning. Number one is the solution. Number two is our origins. Number three is our problem. And number four is the solution. Again, I'm saying it, I'm saying it twice over. So I'm going to start with a solution, but I'm going to finish with a solution as well. But the Word has power. So the solution here, let's, let's read in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 and 13. It says, For the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of Him to whom we must give account. I'm starting off with a heavy, heavy word this morning. But that's the solution. The Word of God is alive and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. You see, the Word of God can bring solution to many problems. You might not get the answer instantly, but the Word of God has power to bring influence and solution to any situation. See, the Word has power. I don't know about you. I love reading Proverbs. I love reading Psalms. I love reading the Gospels. I love reading all the, all the rest as well, but particularly I love reading the Gospels. And every time I read the Bible, I seem to find a solution either for the here and now, but much to my frustration, I hear a solution to something I've not yet found the problem, if that makes sense. I've, I've not come across that problem yet. Or I find a solution to an old problem like, ah, that's, that's what that should have been. That's how I should apply the Word. But sometimes, in the midst of the here and now, God drops in His Word and He brings you an instant solution. But one of the things I've found about training for reigning is that when, when we read the Word, the discipline of reading the Word, preferably on a daily basis, when we get the discipline of reading the Word, is that we're getting equipped for life. Sometimes it's a now word for today, but more often than not, it's, it's equipping for life. It's important that we allow the Word to sink into our lives. So the Word of God is the solution. It cuts through, it cuts through anything, and it can find a solution, and it can bring, bring light into situations where there's great darkness. Let's look at point number two, our origins. And I'm taking you on a journey here this morning. It says Genesis 1:27. So God created human beings in His own image. In the image of God, He created them, male and female, He created them. So we are, um, we are image bearers. So because we come from the first man, the Adamic race, we are image bearers. In other words, there's something of God within our DNA. There's something of His image within us. That's why someone like Mozart, who perhaps didn't believe, or other geniuses who didn't believe in God, they had something of the image bearer within them because there's something of Him 
because he created the heavens and the earth, because he created everything and he created us, there's something of creative seed within us. In other words, we can create things, we can develop things, we can do things even without God. That's why some atheists have incredible creativity, even without God, because there's something within our DNA where we've been created for great things, but also we have that creativity within us, that genius within us, that intellect within us that we can develop, we can do things and be incredibly creative. And it might be for the glory of ourselves, but ultimately it's for the glory of God. So all of us, whether we're a Christian or a non-Christian, all of us are image bearers. We all bear the mark. We all bear the image of God. You know, all of us, all of us recognize when we see a child that's born, we say, oh, he looks like, or she looks like is the, the mother or the father or the grandfather or the uncle. They look like someone, and they all bear the image of the generations that have gone before. How much more do we bear the image of God? So, we have something within us. We have talents within us where we can do great things. But the key is recognizing it's God who gave us these talents in the first place. Number three is the problem. The problem that sin entered in, and we have the hallmark of sin. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It says in Romans 5.22, when Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death. So, death spread to everyone, for, so everyone has sinned. And it's a tragic circumstance, it's a tragic situation. But everyone, every single one of us are caught in this tension where we're both image bearers, that we're made in the image of God, but we have this sinful nature that we're born sinners. And tragically, we're caught in this tension. And without the knowledge of Jesus, without knowing Him, it's difficult to, to manage or, or to overcome that tension on what's going on in the inside of us. Many of us as Christians, <clears throat> many of us as believers are, are, are caught in the middle between really, you know, wanting to please God and being creative and do the things that are within us and actually bringing glory to ourselves, which is sinning, where, where God wants us to bring glory to God. God's given us these talents, but it's like if we ignore God with our talents, if we ignore God with our life, it's like we're, we're back to sinning against Him. God doesn't want His church to sin against Him. God wants His church to worship Him in everything. You see, there's a problem. Even as Christians, we have problems. Uh, all of us have problems. All of us face issues at times. But there's times that many of us, we we celebrate our talents and our giftings, but we forget about God. And that's called tragic, because what it means is you're making an idol out of your gifting. You're, car you're, you're carving an image of yourself. You're carving an, imi an image of something that will not ultimately glorify God. So, it's important that we recognize that, yes, we're image bearers, but we've also sinned against God. We've been brought into a sinful race. Now, I'm going to talk about the solution here, <clears throat> is that the solution is that we turn to our Creator and find reconciliation in His Son. It says in 1 Corinthians 5, 21, 
So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man. There's times in our lives, I know there's times where I have walked in the resurrection power of the Lord Jesus Christ, but there's other times where I, I lean on my Adamic nature, my sinful nature. I lean on myself. It doesn't mean I'm going out to sin deliberately, but there's times I lean on my own strength or my own opinion or my own sword. And God is saying, I, I, I want you to lay down your sword, and I want you to pick up the sword, the Word of the Lord, because the Word of the Lord has power for the glory of God. It says in 1 Corinthians 15, 45, so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being, the last Adam, a life-giving spirit. The spiritual did not come first, but the natural, and after that, the spiritual. The first man was of the dust of the earth, the second man is of heaven. And herein lies the tension of many Christians, is that so many of us are dusty. Do you remember? You, uh, uh, so many of us are dusty. We're full of dust. We're full of ourselves. We're full of the Adamic nature. And it's not, to, it's not to downplay the fact that God has put gifts and talents within us. It's to recognize that if we walk in the dust man, I don't mean you're a, a bin man, I mean a dust man. If you walk in your dust man, your dust person, your Adamic nature, rather than the Christ nature, the spiritual man or the spiritual woman, there can be a tension and a problem. And many of us are caught between the tension of walking in between the spiritual man or the spiritual woman and the Adamic man or the man of, or the woman of dust. And therein lies a great tension. And I want to challenge some of you here this morning, oh dusty ones, some of you are more dust than you are spiritual. And I want to challenge you in the light of Jesus Christ, repent of your sin and stop being a dusty Christian and start being a spiritual man or woman. God doesn't want us to walk in our dust nature. He wants us to walk in our Christ nature because Jesus needs to be evident on the inside of us and also on the outside of us. People need to see the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives, in our eyes, in our, in our hearts, in our words as well. And it's important that we recognize that Jesus is our solution. And I want to challenge churchians or Christians today. How are you walking? Are, are you a dusty person or do people see Christ? Are you walking in your dust nature or your Christ nature? And that's the challenge. And that's always going to be the challenge. But I, I don't want to, I know there's times we all do it. We walk in our dust nature, but we need to walk in our Christ nature. Jesus has, Jesus the solution. God sent His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. And here's the thing of the sword, the power of the sword. When the, I think it was the Apostle Paul was writing in, in, in the book of Ephesians, it's disputed who, who wrote it, but I think it's Paul, and in the book of Ephesians where he talks about it's sharper than any double-edged sword. In the book of Ephesians, Paul elevates Christ, that Christ is greater than prophets, the prophets and the angels, in chapters 1 and 2. In chapters 3 and 4, Christ is greater than Moses and Joshua. He elevates Christ. Chapter 5 and 6, Christ is greater than the Aaronic priesthood. Christ is greater, the apostle is saying. Christ's new covenant is greater than the old covenant, in chapter 8 to 10. And faith in Christ is greater than faith in the law. 
So when Paul was talking about the Word of God being like a double-edged sword, the context is where the Word has the power to unpackage the covenants, the priesthoods, all these things, and we recognize that Jesus is greater than all of these things. And when Paul, when Paul spoke the Word, when Paul wrote the written Word, when it was written down, it became powerful, and that's the context of the Word having power. And it's important that in every situation, in every situation, there is a solution, but the solution is in Jesus Christ. The solution is in the Word, and the Word has power to bring solution to difficult situations. So I want to encourage you today, whatever you face, whether it's in business, in life, in relationships, in education, whatever sphere of influence you're in, that God has equipped you, God has blessed you, and God has given you His Son, Jesus Christ, as a gift. I want to plead with you here this morning, use the gift of the Word of God. Some of you may need to lay down your swords. The Holy Spirit spoke to me, spoke to me a number of occasions over my life, and He said to me, son, lay down your sword. And I'm like, I don't want to lay down my sword, God. I don't want to lay it down. But He says, lay it down. Just lay this down. And I've had to lay down the sword many times. And the sword's not the Word of God. The sword has been my opinion on things. And I want to tell you, that's, that's been a, a heavy correction from the Lord. But when the sword, the Word of the Lord comes in, it is incredibly powerful. The Word has power. And that's why, you know, often, often we can pray, we can seek God. I have a lot of visions and dreams a lot of the time. So I've got to watch that I'm not uh, imbalanced. Some of you might think, yeah, you're totally imbalanced, big man. But I've got to watch that I'm not imbalanced, that the Word is my guide and my compass, and that Jesus is my guide and my compass, and the Holy Spirit leads me, and He confirms through these visions and dreams all these things. But I want to share, I, I submit to you this morning, pick up His sword and lay down your sword. If your sword is tired and beaten up and blunt, and you can't cut that chicken or that cabbage in half anymore, if you can't deal with some of life's issues, it may be that you're dulled. And I want to challenge you here this morning, say, God, I want to pick up the fresh sword of the Word of God. And the reason you're, you, the, the sword that you lay down, God will give you a brand new one supernaturally in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. I just want to pray for you here this morning. Let's all stand to our feet. I'm going to invite the band just to come to, to sing and to worship. So, Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that your word is sharper than any double-edged sword. I thank you that it cuts between bone and marrow, soul and spirit. And I thank you that it says in 1 Thessalonians 5:13, it talks about us being made up of spirit, soul, and body. And Lord, we thank you that your word can help us discern the difference between our spirit and our soul, which is our mind, our will, and our emotions. Help us this morning, O oh God, to discern your will by the sword of the Lord, not by our own opinion. And Father, we just lay down, I just invite you, just, just lay down your sword. Just, just do it. Just say, Lord, I lay down my sword, and I want to pick up your sword. And just, we're just going to take the next few moments. For some of you, you're going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to lay down the sword. 
I'm going to pick up your sword, O oh God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. This is the end of your teaching for this week. We hope you enjoyed it. 